0: Did you go to school? And who's your? What do you think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil little invisible little... parasites. Right. Satan worshiping Freemason morons. Do you understand what I'm
1: saying? We're not run by factions.
0: Get the fuck out of here, camera! There are much more powerful international forces in play. Is this pink eye? Is this what pink eye is? I don't fucking know what's happening. we to actually Google and video <laughs> data. Please go outside and look at the moon really quickly. It's been crazy, guys, but guess what? It's how it is, mate. Mate, because I want to Slowly, well, I ain't spending any time yet. Welcome to the Condition Release Programme, a podcast that delves into the nether world of cults, crims, and con artists. I'm Jack, the Insider, otherwise known as Peter hoisted for tax purposes,
1: and I'm Joel Hill. And on today's TCRP, we are looking at crazy Christians who believe in freedom. Freedom. Well, of course, they then try and destroy other people's rights to freedom of expression because it's, uh, they're the religion. Yeah, no, no, no. It's,
0: it's difficult to look. I know it's unlikely, but if Jesus did come back. He'd be spending most of his time back on Earth kicking these clowns up the arse.
1: The Sermon on the Mount has been crashed by Christian extremists who want to do a lot of judging.
0: Yeah, harsh judging uh, with extreme prejudice, Joel. It's their freedom to persecute uh, the ones they want to fight for. Yes,
1: of course, yes. And we'll be taking a look at the limits of freedom of speech as practised by Conservative politicians... They have all the freedom of speech they need, but the rest of us can go and get fucked.
0: (laughs) We remind listeners that this show ain't free, and we are putting out the begging bowl, just Mm. like the lepers Jesus healed and left them on a scrap heap. He did, he did. We need money. We simply must have it. And we set our Patreon, which you can
1: throw us a couple of shekels. you know, give us a bit of uh
0: a... motivation to keep going. Yeah, simply go to www.patreon.com backslash the Condition Release Program and throw us a little spare change.
1: For as little as five denarius, you could be a proud patron of the show and have all sorts of goodies coming your way, including print episodes, Zoom catch-ups, and access to merch of such high quality, I'm not allowed to put it on until I have a shower.
0: (laughs) So probably... Not this year, Joel.
1: No, no. Anyway. <laughs> you know, Electricity is expensive.
0: Anyway, we've got a big show coming our way, so let's not piss about and get on with it. With the Conditioner Release Program's weekly news. Back in the good old days of the podcast, we had... The anti-vaxxer update. It's been expanded to cooker update because the cookerverse had become so broad and varied that anti-vaxxer update didn't really do the segment justice. No. But we have an anti-vaxxer update now. And we do. it's in the form of a tragic and completely preventable death reported by David Gilbert for Vice, who does Yeah, that's where we
1: found this one, but it's good. It's an interesting story. Danny Lemoy was a 50-year-old severely pilled heavy equipment operator from Rhode Island in the US, and he, quote, passed away unexpectedly on March 3rd. But you know notice how they didn't say died suddenly? Yeah, he didn't, he didn't die that,
0: suddenly? He didn't appear with Funny the hashtag that? died suddenly. No, That's interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah. So Lemoy was taking ivermectin daily for over a decade, which is way before it became cool with the whole pandemic. I mean, Lemoy was pilled, but he's been hanging out in the medical fringe for some time now. And when the news of his death was announced on his Telegram channel, They said this.
0: Though it was obvious that Danny had the biggest heart, probably enlarged, it it was unbeknownst to him that his heart was quite literally overworking and overgrowing beyond its capacity. Yeah, he did have a big heart. It was Mm -hmm. grossly enlarged. Yep. uh, Overgrown beyond its capacity, nearly doubled in size from what it should have been. Oh, good Lord. Isn't that?
1: That's upsetting. And they also said this.
0: We understand that this is going to raise questions for those who were following
1: him. Which is a bit fucking optimistic. I mean, mm. you'd hope so. You'd hope mm. this would raise questions. Mm. You'd be like, hold on. so how
0: come, how come he's got the heart of a fucking draft horse?
1: Yeah. It feels like a heart of a file app should be metaphorical only. Anyway, so, look, he was also pushed to know other alternative treatments, including the classic, and you might not think this is a classic, but I come from a really fucked background, so this is a classic to me. Oh, Using apricot kernels to treat cancer. Oh, yeah, I've heard that one before. Oh, well,
0: not apricots. The, the, the horrible... <laughs> I'm a bit like Larry David. I reckon apricots look like a four out of ten fruit, you know. Oh, for come every, on. No, for every, for every ten you grab, only four of them would be nice. Oh, but,
1: yeah, okay. Well, but pears but the, get but right, the right.
0: kernels inside them, you can't eat
1: that. Don't eat that. No, don't eat that. It's bitter. There's a reason for that. See, it is believed that a compound in the kernels, vitamin B17, targets mm. cancer cells. Oh, but yeah. it, kind of targets all cells. You see, vitamin B17 <laughs> sounds good. Like, vitamins are good, right? No, not all vitamins are good. No. This one's otherwise known as latrial. I don't really know how to say it. I haven't looked it up in a video before, and I couldn't really quite remember how. Either way, it is metabolized into cyanide when taken into the body. Uh, that's not good. Have you heard of cyanide? It's yeah. so bad.
0: Kill Universally considered quite a few senior-ranking Nazis. Uh, yeah. It could have just gone uh, the uh, apricot kernel route, but uh, yes. actually- actually have the cyanide tablets available.
1: Well, the problem is they start munching the kernels and going, oh, hold on. Oh, my cancer's cured. Maybe I should stick around and face Nuremberg. <laughs> oh,
0: boom. <Dang laughs> dead.
1: So descri- when he was describing those who take apricot seeds to treat their cancer, he said,
0: you too could be added to the list of cured people who took back their medical
1: freedom. Yeah, it's not medical freedom, though, is it? It's a death cult. Is it actual death cults? You've
0: got cancer. This is like a death sentence thing. This death sentence. Yeah, <sighs> it's very frustrating. Good lord! Watch. Look, both apricot kernels and ivermectin have fairly dramatic side effects when taken in large doses over long periods. We talked about this, at, you know, about a year ago on the podcast. We actually yep. went through the list of side effects, which include death.
1: Yes, they uh, do. For
0: yes. for users of ivermectin, people report headaches, dizziness, blurred vision, random pains, restless leg syndrome. I think that's from Science. So it's got the Jimmy legs. Uh, <laughs> restless leg syndrome, vomiting, chest pains, and even anxiety and depression. And this is just from the Telegram group itself. Yeah, it's not like
1: <laughs> an official list of symptoms. This is actually from posts yeah. in the Telegram group itself. Yeah,
0: because there would be death there. Um, yes, there
1: would be death. Oh, there'd be a much longer list if you got it from the official source. This is what they're reporting in their conversations. And while most people would see this as a red flag and think that maybe things aren't going maybe, too well with treatment, maybe uh, this is seen as a good thing by those who are taking I haven't <laughs> it in apricot seeds. mostly because they're Lord. fucking morons. But like if you remember back when anti-vaxxers would give people shit about vaccines, making them feel sick or tired, like I get totally knocked around with the vaccine. And they're like, oh, that's how you know it's working because it makes you feel like shit. And I mean, yeah, it kind of was. But they're doing that now with horse paste. And cyanide. (laughs)
0: No wonder you feel sick. You're taking cyanide.
1: It's not a good idea. It's fucking mental. So instead of accepting the fact that they're taking poisons and they should stop, they call the side effects Herxing, which is short for the Jarish-Herxheimer reaction, which is Uh a term used by people, well, basically by practitioners who are treating people with Lyme disease, with antibiotics. It's the Uh phenomenon that occurs when an antibiotic is administered to some sort of Lyme disease, I don't know the ins and outs. I'm not a doctor. But toxins are released by the dying bacteria and people feel like shit. And I'm going to say I did do a double take on this because Lyme disease is surrounded by quackery at the best of times. But it does appear this is a real thing that does happen when it's being treated. But it's absolutely not what is happening to these people. These very people are being poisoned. That's the difference.
0: But they've hijacked the name, which is pretty cool. Herxin. Oh.
1: Ooh. Isn't it, isn't it great? It reminds me of Hexen, the first-person shooter from a long time ago. It's before your time. Herxing has simply become a way not only to dismiss the crippling side effects of long-term ivermectin and apricot kernel use at very often livestock-level doses in the case of ivermectin, but to indicate the treatment is indeed working. You know, oh, I think I'm dying. Ah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's good. <in. laughs> that's That's very, very good. It good sign you're cured. Fucking pathetic. So whatever it is they are trying to cure, I don't know what it is. It could be any ailment because they're basically just saying, look, if you're sick, chew on some kernels of it's cancer. If not, shove some ivermectin your ass. This is simply like, you know, just the reaction of the whatever the disease is, whatever the bacteria is, or, of course, very common with people who don't believe in germ theory, whatever parasite or sort of uh, entity that's inside you that's being well, killed it, by the ivermectin. It, 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 they're, they're
0: using it as an anti-cancer, uh, an anti-cancer yes, they, treatment. Okay. They are, but they sort One of, of the make reasons.
1: it up as they go along. So whatever it is, it's basically the death the, the dying throes of whatever's ailing you is the thing that's making you feel sick to the point of possibly dying. But the thing is, is that it doesn't die and move on. You don't get better. The ailments just get worse because you just you you're still sick, but you're poisoning yourself. So on Telegram, one person said of their symptoms this
0: I'm four months in now. I suppose that's in. I'm four months now, and all hell's breaking loose. All trying to sit my waist. Sad. Damn, with the sciatic, shin splints, restless legs. <laughs> He's got the Jimmy legs. Does. Restless legs syndrome, <laughs> tight sore. Shouldn't be laughing. No. Tight sore calves and it feels like some pain in the bones. Ooh, when you get bone pain. That's yeah. not good.
1: No, that's not good at all. And of course, this is just considered to be herxing. It's a it good means thing. You're, fine. <laughs> you're doing great. Just keep on taking it. Maybe up your dose. I mean, clearly, it's working, right?
0: Mm, more so apricots. Another...
1: Waiter, more apricots. Yeah, gasson, gason, more horse paste. So another <laughs> person said this in the channel, channel. My
0: wife has been taking ivermectin for three months. She is being treated for autoimmune hepatitis, oh, good Lord, thyroid and vertebrae issues. I know. She's had some serious herxing. Yeah. Today she has a migraine, vomiting and severe stomach pain. Does anyone have any ideas how to help and are these herxing symptoms? Let me just just interrupt here, Joel. Does anyone have any ideas how to help? Should be I am taking my wife to a fucking doctor or a hospital right now. Yeah, because I poisoned no, has her. Has anyone, you know, got anything, you know? I mean, you know, what do you think?
1: I mean, like, as a tangent, there are these wild posts, usually on Reddit where I see them, where mum's groups will be like, oh, look, you know, my kid's got this weeping wound. I'm not sure what to do. I've pissed on it or I've put salt on it or I've rubbed apricot kernels on it and nothing's working. And it's like, bro, antibiotics, <laughs> IV <laughs> at this anyone, point.
0: Does anyone know how to help you? Go oh, no. to a doctor. And- do not throw this open to Reddit. And um, to be
1: fair, a lot of these people are in the US, so they're probably terrified of bills they can't afford, and that's really fucking sad. But yeah, at the same time, I mean, yeah. come on, bro, it's a weeping sore. No. Don't just piss on it and You've talk got, to Facebook. My
0: wife's got autoimmune hepatitis. I'm not sure that that's a thing, but she's got a version of hepatitis. She's it's got awful. Th- thyroid issues. She needs a doctor and and qualified pharmacological advice. And
1: hepatitis is basically curable right now as well. And I'm not sure if it's anything to do with insurance or whatever, but either way, the idea that they're reaching out to this fucking telegram grifter, who I'm not even sure is making money... It's just ridiculous. And look, not only is this like, you know, being targeted toward these people who have these horrific sort of chronic illnesses, and it's a ridiculous treatment protocol that makes no fucking sense whatsoever outside of a basic death cult. They're also targeting children with special needs. Oh, dear. Yeah. It's straight out of the Wakefield playbook, man. Children on the autism spectrum are being targeted with this. Uh Children with Down syndrome, syndrome, uh, cerebral Cerebral palsy. palsy. Um, Yeah, they're being encouraged to give their children horse paste uh, because that will
0: somehow cure them. Uh, look what no. you've done, crackers. Look what you've done, crackers, Kelly, and yeah. others have been pushing this. I mean, all of a sudden all it becomes it. hey, why don't we just try it for this? And oh, you know, I got a bad leg, so I'll we'll try it for that. Oh, and my kid's got Down syndrome, so I'm going to force feed him ivermectin.
1: Well, I mean, look, in other situations of miracle mineral solution, uh, autistic yeah. children were given enemas of bleach to cure them of their ailments. And, um, I I mean, you want to talk about fucking saving the kids? Yeah, you need to remove that child from that custody right there. But, uh, yeah, so, look, when it comes down to this, their beloved cult leader was killed by their beloved treatment. But instead of realising the error in their ways, they've doubled down. One of them said this.
0: No one can convince me that he died because of ivermectin. He ultimately died because of our failed Western medicine, which only cares about profits and not the cure, he yeah. wasn't involved in the failed Western medicine, no, which only cares about profits and, and not part the of cure. The problem. He was he was slinging horse paste and apricot kernels.
1: Yeah, and if only, if only Western medicine was more inclusive of bullshit, yeah. and maybe he'd still be Can alive today.
0: You Western medicine. Yeah. No,
1: it's just ridiculous. I've got my issues with Western medicine, but I mean, come on, shut the fuck up. So look. This is one of those things where I find it interesting the fact that it goes pre-pandemic because the medical drift, drift is like it's one of the oldest ones. It hasn't existed for decades, it's existed for centuries. But it's still hard to watch when you see something like this playing in front of you because you can see that it's only going to get worse. I mean, this whole explosion of ivermectin and alternative therapies in the last few years because it of this, really pandemic, has the this
0: pandemic exploded with this sort of yeah. stuff
1: is going to explode. This one's like an OG motherfucker, but let's what's going to happen in a decade? When they're all still nya nya nyaing about us dying from the fucking vaccine, but they're mainlining fucking horse paste or whatever's next. God knows what's next. Another thing that I find very tasteless, really an egregious example of a very similar thing, is the concept of med bets, which are pushed heavily by Romana Digilo, the sort of insane, solid-sit, true queen of Canada.
0: A Canadian. Canadian.
1: Well, she's a Canadian. She, she's Filipino. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> we should revisit her and do like another episode. I, I know, know,
0: I know. She's um, a piece of fucking work.
1: Maybe get a guest to do it for
0: us because and get back to Winnebago. You stole Romano, You oh, fucking I know. thief.
1: And like oh, and the um the the tweets about like people not paying their taxes and they.
0: Oh, I know, know it's, it's so sad. Yeah. It is
1: actually really sad because, um, you know, we don't relish in the sadness of humans. We find these things it's quirky really and interesting. You know, I've,
0: I've done all those things. I, I haven't paid my electricity bill. I haven't yeah. paid my mortgage. I what my do, I do next? Yeah. We, we, yeah. What do I do next, Queen of Canada?
1: Exactly. And, yeah, left on red. So she is a truly terrifying human being. If you know her, you know that. She promises that these sort of QAnon-inspired white hats will let her followers, the ones she likes at least, Cure whatever ails them on these miraculous med beds. You lie on it, everything fixes. Great. Mm-hmm. Obviously, med beds don't exist. It's complete science fiction. But desert people. Well, I presume
0: it's a bed. Uh, yes, I like, it'd be <laughs> some like, sort of stretcher or. It'd be like a uh, solarium thing, I yeah, think, yeah, where you sort of go yeah, in and there. Go, and it's got like disco it. lights. Just just lie down on that and you'll be fine.
1: Exactly. You press play. Readyhead turns on and you get better. It's good. Has to be Readyhead, otherwise it doesn't work. But this is the thing, you know. Desperate people will believe the craziest thing if it gives them a shot of hope, and a lot of people are fucking stupid. It's it's tricky. But I'm not sure if this Lemoy character is in the victim or perpetrator column because while uh, the, like,
0: I, I think know. that's easy, I, I think that's easy. I'm putting. I, in the I think he's a bit of both. See you later when your lease gets straighter, pal.
1: Bit of both, bit of both. Because while the vast majority of I've met him propaganda has come about since the pandemic hit, he's been doing this for much longer than that. And while COVID-19 brought upon this sort of new wave of medical quackery and supplement scams, this sort of shit has been going on forever, and it's kind of hard to know whether he's making money off it. I mean, I've only really looked into this on a very surface level. I've looked it, 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 at a few so sources. That,
0: look, that makes it more mercenary, definitely, if he is making, making money, money. money. But it, it would seem that it's not obvious that he is. That, but that's to me, is not the point. Here is a guy who is basically advocating treatments that he is not qualified to advocate
1: including what you could kind of throw toward the child abuse column so i find that very yeah. difficult to to be okay with but sometimes these people are a victim of their own bullshit and let's face it he died by his own sword i mean you know he fucking believed it but when it comes down to these things the other thing is clout and the feeling that you're a cult yep. leader the feeling that people love you people throw yep. the underwear at you because you're the exactly. guy. He was on podcasts, he was on all sorts of things, and I think that maybe got his dick a little hard. But either way, pushing this kind of medical misinformation on vulnerable people, especially when it comes to parents of kids with chronic conditions that are generally uncurable, this is going to see a lot of people quietly dying suddenly in the future. There are going to be groups of people engaging in this kind of behaviour that we don't know about. and And completely
0: preventable. That's completely
1: it. preventable.
0: Completely preventable. So fuck him with a stick.
1: Oh fuck yeah, totally. No, I totally agree.
0: All right. Now Gary Lineker is a star.
1: Mm. He
0: was a star as a footballer, representing England 80 times in all 461 games in the top flight, involving 103 games at Barcelona. He actually was one of those rare, uh, rare creatures as an English soccer player to become to, to go into the European leagues and actually succeed. And, and he did at Barcelona. Uh, and look, as an England rep, he is the fourth highest scorer of all time behind Harry Kane, Wayne Rooney, and Bobby Charlton.
1: He was also suspended from his hosting duties on the BBC's Match of the Day program for saying things the government didn't like. Mm. Oh. So listeners are probably aware of the story. It's been a bit of a big deal, but otherwise we'll fill you in here. It transpires that Lineker will return to his job this week after BBC folded like Superman on Laundry Day when a mutiny Oops. of BBC staff threatened to basically blow up across the entire broadcasting platform.
0: So well done, that man, is yeah, all I can totally say. Great. Good on him. Look, he was originally suspended for a tweet he made. It was just a tweet. It didn't say anything on air. It was a mm. tweet from his own private Twitter Good account. Point. Claiming the Home Affairs Minister, who's an absolute hard rightist, Suella Braverman, who claimed that her language in promoting a refugee policy, which is not unlike the stop-the-boat stuff we had in Australia for many, many years and you still do, arguably, but the hard-edged stuff that Morrison brought in as uh, Minister for Immigration then. Uh, and and, 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 and uh, Lineker likened this to the language, the language that Brabhamen used was that the language was similar to that of the Nazis in the 1930s. And overlooked in the Brewer is what she actually said, and I actually want to draw our attention to it today. It went like this, Joe.
1: There are 100 million people around the world who could qualify for protection under our current laws. Let's be clear, they are coming here. And Braveman also said that it would betray British voters not to tackle the quote waves of illegal migrants breaching our border. As she unveiled plans for new laws to stop channel crossings.
0: Now I don't know where she got where she got that 100 million figure from. Out of her ass. Where, where I think, we'll, give, yeah. well, look, I. I, I, I do not have the figures at my disposal in terms of externally displaced persons. That's the assessment of it. Yeah, it, I, I, my understanding would be a lot more than 100 million people who are externally displaced persons. That means they've been displaced. You can be internally displaced, still living in, the, in your own country, and taken and, and basically living. Uh, in another part of it because it's become too dangerous for you to be where you live. Or you can be externally displaced, uh, (laughs) and, and perhaps that's what you're referring to there. 100 million people coming here. They are coming here, 100 All at once? million people. You know,
1: on the same day. And that?
0: also, and then she talks about waves of illegal illegal migrants breaching their border, mm. which is actually their own terminology anyway, but waves. No. Just listen to that language, right? And the first thing that's worth saying is Lineker engaged in hyperbole in his response. Yep, he, did. He, did the, he did the full Godwin reach. Went right? to
1: Godwin, never, never mentioned the Nazis. It makes yeah, you lose up. Yeah, I, I, no I think
0: you lose the argument. And, that's right. And, and maybe Godwin's that's law not, but, stands up. But Bartman's coming were inflammatory, incendiary even, and there's no doubt what she and the Sunni government is up to. Really, it's only chances of being re-elected late next year in 2024 uh, rely on resolving the overblown crisis of refugee entries, unauthorised entries is the right term of words, uh, and, and that used by Scott Morrison and co. Yep. And... Bravman will play that to the great British parochialism with a good smattering of racism thrown in. Oh, yeah. The mentality that that uh, that caused that great act of uh, economic self harm, Brexit, uh, in an effort to raise the government's shocking, shockingly bad results. It's the same sort of play.
1: Right? Yeah, it's, it's the same, the same, same sort of, play, of political yeah. play. Well, we see it
0: more than anyone. Uh, oh no, no, Brexit, Brexit was all Brexit was about. Bad. Yeah, Brexit was really all about. I don't want Romanians. Doing, I don't want Romanians doing my uh, doing my bathroom rent. you know, and that, stealing that,
1: that, my that, stealing my jobs,
0: stealing my gerbs, and all that sort of stuff, and
1: getting my uh, my my aspirin from the hospital.
0: So this is what they're up to. They've got a policy. And we'll talk about it in a little while. Uh, what the, what the policy is, uh, <clears throat> but this is a play to. Yeah. And the British are more parochial than we are. There, there is no doubt about that. Uh, and that's just their play. This is their Hail Mary play to be re-elected in 2024. Yeah, yeah, So absolutely. here's a case of say, you know, say whatever works, you know, yeah. reach for extremes. This is Braverman, hyperbole, exaggeration, you know, <coughs> uh, free speech, the right to scare Shit scare the populace with reckless words.
1: Yeah, and look, it's worthwhile to look at what the government, which is a conservative-led government, that's been in power for the last, what, like 13 years now. What are they planning to do? I mean, there will now be these on-water matters, you know, the seizure of boats, probably yeah, quite publicly years. with the media and the years. fucking thing. Yeah, they've been in fucking power forever. I mean, since forever. <laughs> mm. And, like, of course, this is this whole referring to small boats, which are, of course, loaded with refugees coming into the UK. You're getting a bit of deja vu here, because unsurprisingly, this is being led by an Australian who worked on other boat-phobic political campaigns, such as Scott Morrison's sadly successful 2019 election campaign, and is known as a protege of Sir Linton Crosby, which is of the political strategy firm Crosby Texter. Very famous political strategist. And it's just always nice to see Australia exporting their culture abroad in situations like this. I'm really happy that we can share our wisdom and experience with our colonial cousins. It's beautiful. It's also worth informing listeners that the UK receives less than a quarter of the unauthorised refugees that France accepts, those filthy, tolerant socialists, a third of what Italy and Spain accept, who, I don't know, Italy? Yeah, not so left these days. And around half of what Germany accepts, who are absolute leaders on the board when it comes to bringing in refugees.
0: Look, I don't know about the Crosby strategy, whether that's behind this. I just, I, I don't it know. Is. What, what we're talking about with, with this small boat stuff is basically people coming from France. Now, the arguments are from people like Brauterman that, oh, the... the the UK is this fucking pot of gold. Everyone wants to come and live there. And it's really not true. Uh, you know, it's this, you know, the, the, you know, that this is the ultimate place to live. This is oh, the other sort of nonsense weather. that we were, that we were sort of spoon fed in our own refugee debates. At we had good weather. That this is just this beautiful, beautiful place that everyone wants to live in. Yeah. In the UK, I mean, after Brexit, and with its current economic woes, it would almost be, want to be the last one. But, of course, people do have connection. So people do have connection. We'll yeah, talk about that in a that's America, the thing. That,
1: that,
0: will, that, will, that will bring them to the UK. There's sometimes familial connections.
1: It's not just a job at Sainsbury's that's making him cross the channel, right?
0: So 89,000 un, 89, unauthorised uh, entries, refugees, arrived in the UK last year, less than a quarter of what France received, which you just right, said, yeah. 436,000. Yeah. Last year, Oof. 89,000 UK, 436,000 last last year in France. Those who do choose to go to the UK often do so for reasons of family connections. The second largest ethnic group of small boat arrivals are from Afghanistan. Oh, yeah, you know, the Brits were in a war there until recently and then left and then let the fucking Taliban in the <laughs> run the country. That's why there's a refugee crisis in Afghanistan yeah, right now. That seems And right. there is that connection because they will have worked with Brits in Afghanistan. So that's why they uh, many of the Afghan refugees want to go there. Uh, the EU has advised the UK that what they plan to implement, this boat turnback stuff, is a breach of international law. Um, I, I can talk about it a little bit more. One of the there are two areas of relocation. So, their Manus Island and Nauru is Rwanda oh, and really? Albania. Now, Rwanda can't be used because um, uh, because it's locked up in the courts at the moment. Damn and, shame. And, and I read a I read a story of a, of a fellow who who arrived in the UK in the very early days when they were piloting this policy in Rwanda, and he was flown. To Rwanda, despite not coming from there in the first place, yeah. And then he arrived in Rwanda, and then uh, was 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 bussed out within two or three days. He said, "Get in the bus," and so he got in the bus, and they drove him out to the Ugandan border. He said, "Get out and so he went to walk all the way across oh, Africa wow. again," and then ended up. I ended up living in France, I think. So he was just one one person who um, one person who spoke about the. Perhaps the lax standards there in, uh, in Rwanda.
1: <laughs> it's a basically libertarian country, as far as I remember. So,
0: um, <laughs> look, it's it's human rights. I think the best thing we can say is its human rights record is not as bad as it was when there was genocide going on. Well, uh,
1: <clears throat> I remember a so, movie about a hotel.
0: So you know, they've been told this is this is illegal. They also expect by the way, for the French, in in order for these, you know, when when these small, let's say that their policy works to a degree, their small policy, uh, their small boats uh, are stopped, and then uh, people will go to France, and and then they will stay there, and it will be the job of the French to process them. Yeah. Right. So, look, uh, it it is almost certainly in breach of international law, but... And they're just going to thumb their nose out, at least like Kevin Rudd and Scott Morrison and others have done.
1: Yeah, exactly. We've done this before. So that's the background to this whole brouhaha that led to Gary Lineker, who is a staunch advocate of refugees, who actually opened his home to two of them for giving Bravman the old Sieg Heil Hitler mm. one. Because, I mean, mm. come on, like, you know, don't go Hitler, but at the same yeah, time, well, he's it's bad. well, um, he, he, I can see, I can see why he, re- he
0: reached for an for an exaggeration, and he got one he perhaps, exactly.
1: You know. And he's also a footballer, and not a political commentator. So, like you know, give him some, give him a break. So, while it was a bit of an overreach from Lineker, as we've just discussed at length, because I mean, really, the government decided to instead of you know sort of uh, engage, uh, yeah. shut him down entirely. Yeah, the immigration minister Robert Kendrick called for Lineker to be red carded. Um, Okay, what the fuck does that mean? Like, you know, you're a politician, he's a footballer, cute analogy, but, like, is that suspension? Is that sent off? Silence? Cancel? Like, where are you going with this? Are going to send him to fucking Rwanda? Is that the plan?
0: Kendrick is the same bloke who joined a cohort of hand as about the changes to language in the Roald Dahl books oh, just two weeks ago. Double so- standard. Now, Dahl was being subject to wokeism. They cried, cancelled, and, and they might be right about that. I actually, agree. It's quite no, yeah. silly. I'm, it is. Actually, agree that Dahl's works don't need to be sanitised. I personally don't give a fuck if the German kitty and Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka was was fat or big boned.
1: Yeah, it, it is pretty silly. Um, I've listened to two sides of the fence on that and I'm... I
0: don't think very- there is another side that makes any sense. But, but, no, but anyway, no. Kentrick was all over this stuff. Oh, my God, look, you know, the end of the world. <laughs> the sky is falling. Look at this. And then as soon as he hears someone say something that doesn't like, he wants them... He wants them suspended.
1: Yeah, just absolutely shot into space. And the fact is, the right always whines about wokeism and cancel culture. When push comes to shove, they practice it without any apparent shame and oblivious the obvious hypocrisy, as they did by basically demanding the BBC, a corporation led by a bloke who donated 40 large to the Tories in political donations by the fucking way, Mm. to, as that asshole said, and they quite did, Send Gary Lineker off. Red carded.
0: Yeah, in fact, I could make a very strong argument that the right have always been book banners. Fuck right? yeah. There's a long history of it in Australia, and I've written about this you know, on two or three occasions in columns in Australia. Lady Chatterley's lover was banned in the 1930s and banned for many, many years afterwards. Portnoy's complainer, I remember this uh, as a stripling myself, was, was, was banned. Uh, by uh, by a liberal government in the 1970s, and a raft of titillating books and mags. See, conservatives are deeply troubled by the idea of a horny public. <laughs> they just, <laughs> which is which is really odd, because certainly you're British conservative, you're Tory. They seem to be, you know, that that seems to be their thing, you know, sort of yeah, <laughs> basically yeah. sexual, sexual. You know, dysfunction up the wazoo, you know, mm-hmm. orange in the mouth with a pair of pantyhose on their head. That's the one. Yeah, the difference is the left. This is the difference now. It's the left who have in, in, until recently been the purveyors of smart, edgy satire and extreme parody have now shit the bed and demand this and that be removed from our eyes so as not to strain our tender sensibilities. Yeah. It's true. This is what's happening. When we are, we are, we are merging into this... Um, um, world of new Puritanism. Yeah, where, that's pretty sad. Uh, and 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 you know, as I say, one of the reasons that drew me to the left was them saying, "Hey, we can we can crack jokes wherever we like. We can, we can, uh, we can publish all sorts of things that, uh, that 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 the right will find offensive. Let's Plenty be Bruce. offensive. Yeah. That's what drew me to the left. And yeah. now the left is sadly." Gone down this capitulating to this sort of bullshit. Yeah, yeah pathway. Yeah. Look, it's fucked up. And the Lineker Blobs shows the inescapable hypocrisy, the utter cant of those on the right who scream woke. And really, please, people, don't ever use the word woke and, in an unironic fashion. Yeah, that yeah, you taking the piss. It yeah. is a stupid word. It's a fucking dumb it's word. It's almost meaningless. Yeah, exactly. No one uses the, the, it. And the people on the right, the sorts of people who hand on heart, demand free speech, provided it's speech they agree with.
1: Absolutely. And let's face it, there has not been a single fucking word from the freedom-loving freedom movement clowns, because this is a right-wing no, issue no they word. majority agree with. It is complex as well. And complexity is not their strong suit. They just, oh, hold on, do I have to look into some nuance? Oh, no, my headache. Is it the Ivermectin or is it the (laughs) Thinkers? I'm not sure. But let's face it, at the end of the day, the right, whether it be the alt-right conservative traditional conservatives or these bizarre sort of religious fundamentalists, they all fucking hate free speech. Look at their block lists on Twitter. I'm telling you right now, they hate free speech.
0: Yeah, indeed they do. Now, listeners to the podcast may remember the name of Tara Reid. That's R-E-A-D-E.
1: Yes, In the lead up to the 2020 presidential election, Tara Reid's accusations of sexual assault against Joe Biden captured national attention. It was a bit of a hot button. Now, when it comes to sexual harassment or sexual assault, we want to clarify that at TCRP, we urge people to come forward and tell their stories. And initially she claimed she'd been sexually harassed by Biden while working in his campaign office, and that was in 2019, so very close to the election. But then in the election year, she accused Biden of sexual assault.
0: And Reid's story was not without controversy. As it evolved over time and in light of Reid's previous compliments towards Biden, she'd always been a big fan mm. uh, for his work on Im- women's issues, including domestic abuse legislation and his help and his work to help sexual assault survivors, many people question the veracity of their claims. And while it is crucial to take all allegations of sexual assault seriously, it is yep. also important for the media to conduct a thorough investigation and present all perspectives. Yeah. Every woman deserves to be heard, but media outlets have a responsibility to report the facts transparently and Without bias. Yeah. Now Reed was subject to a lot of media scrutiny. Politico probably did it better than anyone else, discovering that Reed had a long list of people she had ripped off, borrowed money from, Ooh. never to repay it, or had rented properties and not paid the rent. Ooh. Further, and probably more importantly, Politico exposed Reed as a person who had acted as an expert witness in domestic violence cases in California, uh, claiming she had held certain university qualifications she did not have. What? And had really done a uh, done a big done a big polish on her resume. Um, That's
1: so brazen.
0: And the discovery led to a review of all cases where she had given testimony with the threat of uh, charges of perjury uh, arising, which ultimately did not eventuate.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, look, that doesn't fundamentally affect the truth or otherwise of the accusations as they are. Of course, you, know, you have to you have to take these things on face value, yeah. but. That's fucking crazy. Yeah,
0: but again, holes appeared in her story about the sexuals. First, it was sexual harassment, then it was sexual abuse, and there's obviously a, a, there's obviously a large distinction to be made there. She said she had worked closely with the pre- with the with the president now, who was uh, was VP at the time, on domestic violence legislation, but it transpired she was really just a low level worker who did basic office work. In fact, there had been complaints about her. Uh, conduct in the office and she was actually demoted and when accusations were made in 2020 Biden said he could not remember who she was and and that well you know, given, given, given Grandpa Joe uh, that might, <laughs> not, might, not, might not surprise too many people but it, it, it was you know he was She was one person working in in an office of literally 100 people, that sort of order.
1: But, like, it must be established that, like, in any event, regardless of all this, she was indeed a proud Biden supporter ideologically until 2020. And, like say, you know, in ideological terms, clearly a progressive, you know. She's not, like, a right-wing infiltrator as far as we know. Um, She seems to, you know, bleed blue. I guess.
0: Well, she did. But no. here's the thing. Tara Reid has now become a strong supporter of Vladimir Putin.
1: Oh, good. They, how does that happen to people?
0: Beginning in 2021, around the time that Joe Biden defeated Donald Trump and the media attention surrounding, so that was 2020, but but as we get into his early days of his presidency in 2021, media attention surrounding Reid's sexual assault allegations subsided. She again... And began pushing russian propaganda this time seemingly <laughs> with the approval of the russian government and first she started a writing gig with the russian state run media called outletrt.com yeah so she was writing for that rt is just just straight, so out, straight out of the Kremlin
1: Oh, if you check that- the web page, the adverts they have are oh, Well, it's, cool, it's, just it's
0: basically you know it's a basically can't broadcast into yeah. into the West now. Then wait, last year twenty twenty two, the Russian delegation to the United Nations literally just picked her out of the blue uh, to speak before the United Nations Security Council what? about American weapons being sent to Ukraine. Okay. Fortunately, the UN rejected. Russia's request, based on what they called Reed's lack of, and I quote, relevance and appropriateness.
1: Yeah, fair. So, to this day, Reed persists in promoting Russian propaganda through her Twitter account and podcast named The Politics of Survival. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. In her podcast, she conducts interviews with pro-Russian propagandists and officials from the Russian government, including Dmitry Polyansky, the... Deputy Permanent Representative of Russia to the United Nations. Nothing sus going on there, right, right. guys? Pretty relaxed. So other guests you had on her podcast included the chairman of the African People's Socialist Party, Amali Yeshitila. Yeshitila's Florida home was raided by the FBI back in July of 2022 as a part of investigation into, the, into a Russian influence campaign. So nothing sus there either. Nah,
0: cool. And, jo- and, and Johnny Miller, who not the actor, Johnny Miller no. is another man who has been a guest on Reed's podcast. He is a known Russian propagandist who works for the Iranian state-owned English-language TV station Press TV. And this is fascinating to us. How does a progressive turn to support a tyrant who only a year ago bombed civilian populations? Yeah,
1: I find is it, so. Is hard. it
0: Russian money? Because she seems to be driven by money. Is it Russian money? I don't know. I mean, the answer is I don't know. Is it just a distorted belief, or has she mm. just sort of reacted perhaps with a sense of trauma, whether the sexual assault sexual harassment actually occurred or not, but this trauma is sort of twisted around. Who knows? Well, I don't know. But I've often said you can find out a lot about a person by what they say and believe about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And those on the extreme left and the extreme right support Putin.
1: Yeah, there's a bit and of
0: that. Look at Boykoff or the idiot Dave Graham, who I refuse to call guru. Uh, yeah, the freedom bit- movement is full of right-wing extremists and they are all pro-Putin. The yeah. left have always hated NATO, uh, NATO, NATO, and, and it's a deep historical loathing which finds its expression these days from the mouth of Jeremy Corbyn yeah. or his former policy advisor, Owen Jones, who runs a lovely little tea party called the Stalin Society. John, I think we've oh. mentioned this on the podcast before. But that sounds Jones, fun. Jones was on the public payroll for big dough, right, as, as, a, as a policy advisor for Jeremy Corbyn. And he also ran as a little... A little uh, thing on the side there, the Stalin Society, which was which was designed to create a, a, a sort of forum for. Uh, uh, you know, they, they were very concerned that there was a lot of bad, a lot of bad press around Joe Stalin.
1: Oh dear!
0: And it's really funny. They're so deranged, these people, that they will turn around and say, "Look, you 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 could, you could pull them up and say, look, the death count.'" The murder count alone in Stalin's Russia is in the millions. And then we get to the tens of millions in terms of failed policies, uh, in terms of starvation, the starvation of, of Ukraine in the 1930s with millions and millions dead. And they'll turn around to you and say, "Yeah, but he had a terrific housing policy."
1: Yeah, good housing policy. Yeah, yeah.
0: And it's kind of, tr- it's kind of true. I mean, the, the the Russia that Lenin and Stalin inherited really had no public housing whatsoever. People were yeah. living in hovels, and 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 along came Stalin and said, "Yeah, okay, I'll get out the Russian concrete and just build, you know, apartment blocks." Get it done. And- and so, yeah, there was, you know, there, 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 I mean, it, it's complexity again. When you look at someone like Stalin, you you go, yes, he was a murderous tyrant, an absolute, you know, mass murderer. Total bully. Genocidist. Uh, and uh But there, there were moments where he had his successes. Yeah. So anyway, Owen Jones is part of the Stalin Society. Those people from the left, it's probably more manifest in the UK, but... But we're starting to see it on the streets of Europe now um, where there are uh, anti-Ukraine protests, where there are pro-Russian and pro-Putin protests. And when you look at the people who are involved, they are from the hard left or from the extreme right. And they've sort of coalesced. They're shaking hands across the vast chasm of the divide uh, and saying, let's get this job done.
1: Well, Tanky's going to tank, my friend. Tanky's going to tank.
0: Yeah, but back to Tara Reid. Does she feel so rejected by the progressives that she rushed to the other side? Uh, Possibly. I'll go out on a limb and say her claims of sexual assault at the hands of Biden are so unlikely that uh, that I am fairly convinced that they've been fabricated.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's plausible. And there's some pretty damning evidence in the lead up, but- it's it's hard to say. We will post the link to the Politico piece which backs this idea up on the ship posting page. You can decide for yourselves, but trust us on this one, listeners. If you are for Putin, you are officially an extremist. Either side of the pole, it's a fucking weird place to see. Indeed. Good luck to you.
0: Indeedy. Cows have fucking masks on. Everybody is up for the high jump. If they deserve it. If they deserve to hang, they will hang. Rise up, Australia. Men of Australia, time to step up and be real men. Protect your kids or go down. Biggest cowards this country has ever seen. Yeah. Hang
1: bananas. So we start this cooker update with a reminder that Sandy and Soz have released their tinfall tales episode on Bozy and Guru, which is absolutely Excellent.
0: It is, it is indeed. I'm halfway in and we'll be knocking the rest off tonight. It is a superb expose and uh, we'll we're gonna strongly recommend it. Uh, yeah, it really all wraps all things up.
1: it's quite something. Now some of the clips from Bosey are truly haunting absolutely. and I just genuinely hope for the sake of humanity that they fade into obscurity after the state election. Although I absolutely doubt it. I mean, because when it comes to Bosey, it is hard to imagine that guy living a normal life. It, If he believes his own bullshit, he must live a horrible life. He believes that babies are being murdered en masse and their body parts are being sold to the highest bidder for the sake of corrupt doctors buying more cars. There's hundreds of thousands, his words, not mine, of children being killed basically by satanic forces within our corrupt government and institutions. It must be so frustrating if he truly believes this, Standing on those stages, trying to wake people up to stop this absolute horror that is, of course, definitely happening in the world that we live in and not just a bunch of shit that he made up in his demented brain. Of course, that assumes that he believes his own bullshit, which I find very hard to believe. The bloke doesn't seem to have a job and it's hard to know whether he's making money or not outside of this sort of is pension he would have. It'd be likely in the form of donations, probably in an unaccountable form, something like crypto. Military pension. (laughs) Well, if he's got one. I just don't know. But I don't think that even the fine folks at Palantir would give him a security job after all the shit that's flowed out of his mouth. But that is, of course, unless he's already on the payroll for saying the shit that comes out of his mouth. There's my conspiratorial side coming out. That's, you know, Brendan's fault. Guru on the other hand, is a joke of a human being. Sandy and Soz highlight this beautifully because he is just a circus sideshow. He just wants attention. And admittedly, we give it to him, kind of because he's funny. But there's an important part of the episode to listen to where Soz has a final word about cooker watching, which is a good moment to reflect on what it is that we are doing, sort of laughing at these characters and why we're doing it.
0: Look forward to that. I I think we all enjoy watching those people because their imaginations are so wild and it's for a similar yet inverse reason as to why cookers lap it up. It's a larger-than-life narrative that constantly brings new wow moments with bizarre coincidences that create these strung-together narratives which essentially become a fan fiction version of politics, which is way more titillating than the rather boring real thing. Yes, I listen to Question Time on ABC Radio, but it's not for everyone. No. Cabals and kitty tunnels are much more exciting. Yes. And if you're aware that it's all complete bullshit, that's well, quite amusing.
1: It is. It's funny. It's why we sort of do this. But it is a little bit scary to think that people believe what Bosie tells them. You know, like, if they do, they must be seriously fucking angry. I mean, this is the sort of shit that makes you do crazy stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's such a miracle that nothing bad has happened in the wake of this kind of terrifying propaganda. I mean, nothing really bad. I mean, like, we can talk about certain incidents that have happened, but they're not directly connected. This guy is really trying to incite some bad shit, and it's all in the name of this confected horror that he made up in his head based mm. on external influences, but also it's mostly his own bullshit. This violence that Bosey describes in vivid detail and the repetitive calls to action he does in a very hypnotic way, they're just recipes for absolute disaster. I, I don't fucking like it.
0: Yeah, for Guru and Bozzy to fade into the night would be the best thing for society right now, but what's the chance that will happen? Estranged from family and fully invested in the movement, there's no parachute. Romeo Georges used to smoke durries and yell at his phone for hours on end in his shed at the back. But he eventually saw how ridiculous the movement was and walked away. But he has a family. He has connections. He has another reason to live. These guys don't seem to have a place to walk away to, and that's a worry for all involved. Yeah, and look, we don't want to be like a
1: Debbie Downer here, but in summary... Bozy and Guru are terrifying human beings. It was really quite brought to light in the Tinfoil Tales episode. And while they are a bit of a joke, they're also kind of not. And I'm going to try and focus on the lighter side of their antics and take the piss out of them and ignore the crazy shit that they come out with, which is inherently violent. Because there is a very concerning undercurrent of very bad vibes coming from all this. And we'll discuss this later. But this pivot toward targeting trans people in the gay community in general is Fucking creepy and not funny at all. This isn't giggle worthy. This is fucked. Soz mentions this in the latest episode as well. I couldn't agree more with her. It's so true. But we are here, in essence, to laugh at conspiracy theorists and explore their wacky ideas. And we are going to do that. And we're going to enjoy the process. But there's definitely a need to stand in solidarity with our queer friends at the moment because the pivot toward targeting them for fun and profit is fucking well underway and it appears to be gaining a terrifying amount of momentum Mm -hmm. (laughs) but let's leave that there for now we'll come back to it and let's talk about that fucking idiot guru getting nippers cancelled so after harassing volunteers with his partner Mel at the beach on the previous Sunday guru posted a TikTok video on the Monday after calling for others to also harass volunteer surf lifesavers
0: I think this. Australia right, okay. We ought to hit our surf clubs this weekend, okay. Mm-hmm. We wait till our little four- and five-year-old nippers are down at the beach away from the area like i done yesterday. <sighs> then we go up and we see these people in the surf life-saving facilities and ask them why they're pushing this woke shit, why they got the rainbow flags everywhere. It's gone far enough. I'm calling on Australia here. Go and approach the people in the volunteer section. Approach.
1: I like how you encapsulated the fact that someone can speak like they can't read i like that a lot it was very very good it's just a it's a character player. but it's, it's, it's good acting it is i would say very creepy they call them our nippers because yeah. they're not your kids guru and like i don't understand why this guy thinks that he somehow has this platform to speak in terms of familiarity with these kids that he has nothing to do with these are your these are strangers kids they're not your kids that to me is a red flag, and I'm saying no pun intended because they're red and yellow flags, and that would yeah, be a double yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah.
0: Swing between the flags.
1: But <laughs> when he was attacking these volunteers at Surf Life's Club, say, uh, Surf Lifesaving Club, he said this:
0: "I'm passionate about our children, and these flogs are just trying to fucking turn them into gay little kids." And when we're talking about his nippers, our nippers, mm-hmm. as he calls them, uh, I did see a Facebook entry from uh, Dave uh, Graham's daughter. Yeah, he uh, said. You haven't seen your grandchildren yet. Yeah. You know? and yeah. every time we ask you to engage, you know, you always say oh, we're doing this for you, like it's yeah. this fucking hero. Uh, and and then he got shitty because, uh, and this was why she posted this on Facebook. She, he got shitty because they turned up in Wollongong and and uh, and didn't go and see him.
1: Yeah. Because you're not fucking present. So this is a guy who has absolutely
0: no connection with his own family.
1: Yeah. It's everyone else's family he cares about, which Mm. is fucking embarrassing. So, look, that's just more red flags, right? Yeah. I mean, like, and this is the thing. When he says that, in that quote, he says, I'm passionate about our children. Our children. Whose children are these? They're not your children. You've got grandchildren you don't give a shit about. This is all about your QAnon adult brain. And realistically, let's just let's just like, you know, take a step back. It's just another bizarre way that these homophobic dinosaurs are using children as an excuse to project their bigotry upon anyone expressing pride in their identity or some form of solidarity with the LGBT community. Yes, yes. If he gave a shit about the kids, he might give a shit about the ones that he's birthed and the ones that are under him in his legacy. No. See... Sadly, as a result of his annoying outbursts, Nippers, quite famously, was cancelled on the Sunday due to the hanging threat, no pun intended, again, I actually didn't intend that one, I just noticed it and I was like, shit, I better make that clear, of these fucking hordes of cookers, or maybe just a handful, but that's enough, coming to surf clubs during Nippers when the kids were all about, or at least, you know, generally speaking, talking to volunteers, yelling at these lifesavers who were there on their own time just trying to help out society, unlike Guru who does fucking nothing, and then call them fucking groomers. Now, how the fuck did we get to this point? So this got Guru rather upset, which led him to send a legal threat to the publication, the Illawarra Mercury, uh, claiming that he'd harmed his reputation.
0: That's well, you've got to have so one first, mate. You do. You've, you've you, got to have one first. You'd
1: have to establish that. That's
0: anyway, if you want to on. see your so-called letter of demand, Vexatious Litigan on Twitter has a copy on Uh, the copy on uh, on his account on Twitter, and it's an absolute shocker. It's full of cooked, idiotic language. I read it yesterday. Mostly sad attempts to sound clever, which include referring to the LexisNexis legal dictionary, followed by the Urban Dictionary. Of course, he also claims this is conspiracy to hamper his election campaign. It's not that, mate. No. You harassed volunteer lifesavers at a beach and then you incited people to do the same thing on a weekend that kids are doing nippers. Nippers, for those who don't know, some, some, some of our listeners don't yeah, live, true, may not live. Nippers is basically how kids learn to swim around uh, uh, with the with the supervision and, 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 and training of of surf life saving volunteers. At the beach. Yeah. At the beach. So, not yeah. in a swimming pool. No. Uh, and it's incredibly popular and it has the support of the entire community.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, the letter goes in all sorts of cooked tangents about how he, Mr. Graham, very formal, has stated that children should not be sexualized. Once again, incredibly suspect to feel the need to say this. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, uh, I just want to say that I, Joel Hill, have not sexualized children. I have not turned children into sexual objects. I just want you all to know that I'm saying this explicitly for reasons I don't quite understand. He also, quite hilariously, tries to claim that he demands irrefutable evidence, which is meaningless as a concept, that he is not inclusive of the members of the gay community. And yet, I don't know, maybe you do that every day Day on every Facebook Live day. every yeah. fucking day.
0: Yeah, this this does. legal letter, this it doesn't even contain a, a threat, by the way, that says if you don't do this by a certain day, then proceedings will commence or will we'll commence. Well he looks
1: for a default judgment if they don't respond, which is this weird subset nonsense where it's like like if you don't respond, it is accepting the terms of a contract, which is a subset thing that's just dumb.
0: Just stupid. Anyway, look, the letter is going to go straight in the bin, I'm sure, or someone mm. might frame it and say, look how stupid some people are.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And they're never going to sue. They would be <laughs> laughed out of court at the first mention, but at the end of the day, this kind of sad and weird flex resonates with the cooker crowd who will read this absolute word soup of legal gibberish and see it as a masterstroke of justice over the corrupt mainstream media.
1: Yeah. I mean, there was a lack of spelling mistakes. It's going to really impress any cooker who reads it. Yeah. But, I well. like, look, I will say I'm genuinely looking forward to the state election coming and going that fucking idiot getting almost no vote, Bozy getting a fraction as well. And with any luck, the wrinkled old scrotum just fades into fucking obscurity. I mean, like he's been a fun play toy for a bit. We've had a bit of a laugh. We've all had some fun with this. It's been a, it's been a weird few months. He says all the wild stuff that we all like to see because we think it's really funny. And he's also pathetic enough to be funny and not, not necessarily we feel sorry for him, but almost do. He, he balances it out really well. At the end of the day, he's actually just a hate-filled old man with nothing That's in his lou- all life but outrage. Mm. It's it's all he is. He's just a fucking wrinkled scrotum of sadness. So I'm very much looking to the end of Guru. I think the Tinfoil Tales episode will hopefully be that, like, sort of bookend of this chapter. But... <laughs> The election will do
0: it, (laughs) yep.
1: I hope so. So, staying on the topic of protests around rainbow flags, it seems that World Pride in Sydney has made Cooker's heads absolutely explode to the point of genuinely accelerating the pivot, inevitable pivot I would say, toward Christian nationalism and fascism in and around the freedom movement. Now, we have seen a very concerning series of events during the month-long celebration of World Pride, which was, as everyone in the world knows, hosted in Sydney.
0: Yeah, due to the fact that a city known for its LGBTQIA community was celebrating a global pride initiative, there happened to be a few rainbow rainbow flags around. Uh, holy fuck, the gays are winning. Oh, no. Oh, better put a stop to all that. Fix it, fix it. I mean, the culture wars are in full
1: swing and have been for some time. We all know that. But something about world pride really short-circuited cooker brains and got them fucking furious. So, Tom Tanneke, you've probably all seen it anyway, Did a great video featuring comment from Scotty Marsh, the artist who has been doing this sort of funny mural in Chippendale, who's been doing it for years. He's been there like several years. I've seen it before, which is basically a set of angel wings on the wall made of dicks. They are appropriately named as dick wings. Dick wings. It's fucking great. So across the road in Victoria Park, they hold Fair Day, which is an event. Held a week before Mardi Gras to celebrate gay culture, you know, it's just a fucking it's a, it's like a market, it's like a live thing, there's acts and stuff, it's great. Tons of people stand in front of the dick wings for selfies because it's funny. It's a set of wings made of dicks. Come on, man, work with me here. But not everyone is laughing, though. Very sad. Some bloke made a video getting really angry about it. And he kept filming. He even walked down the corner to the pub where he was viscerally upset that rainbow flags were in the window. It's fair day. You fucking moron. What do you expect? There is a, bu- a couple of thousand gay dudes across the road and they wouldn't mind getting some of their money. You moron. Anyway, Dave oneill got behind the outrage and condemned Freakable. the dick wings. <clears throat> Everyone counts their bigotry in the usual. Think of the children bullshit. What if children see dick wings? they will be miserable. I tell you what, Dave, I've actually lived in Chippendale. I went to Sydney University. There are no fucking children around here. None. You don't fucking see them. They don't fucking exist. Every now and then, you might see a kitty wink walking past somewhere. They are 100 to 1. Honestly, the playground in Victoria Park barely ever has kids in it as well. Meredith Berg was at launch of the Flying Fox and Clover was babbling on about how the kids were going to have such a great time. And she was like, Clover, this is going to be for piss students. And it was, and it is. It is for piss students. I know this because I was one of them. We drank in Victoria Park all the fucking time, and the Flying Fox is awesome. I strongly recommend you go and visit it because after a few tins, if you run down, oh, it's fucking great. But even so, who cares? This generational trauma from a set of wings that's made of dicks. Are you fucking serious? It's not going to cause anyone any issues, and it is absurd to say that it would. It's all projection. And of course, after Onie's got all huffy about it on Telegram, and his dead shit brain thoughts were shared around the medium, this fun mural was vandalized with white paint, which is legitimately sad. And a picture of the vandalized mural was posted to Telegram with the caption, "Looks like the mural of Dick Wings has changed into White Wings," which mm. I'm guessing is like a play on White Wings, like the like the Flower brand or like Dove Wings yeah, or something. Yeah, like I mean, like is that what they're going for? I mean. Okay, I was going to say right now, Nancy Reagan types, the book burners, and the paint sprayers are not only insufferable to be around, but just not funny.
0: Not funny. They just don't have a sense of humour.
1: No, they're just not funny.
0: Essentially, it's just yet another chapter in the culture wars, which seem to be amping up for several reasons. Well, they never stopped really. Firstly, yeah. the Yanks, we're finally following in their footsteps and taking on a Christian fundamentalist slash nationalist movement where quiet Australians yeah. used to restrict their bigotry to comment sections in newspapers and in churches and now feeling emboldened to hit the streets and show how upset they are, uh, but also how victimised uh, they are, you know, all the oppression they suffer, Aww. the boot they placed on their own heads. It's just pathetic, really. This, I mean, we go to the same-sex marriage postal um, poll, really, which is all it ever was, but it did lead to uh, the legislation which allowed same-sex marriage. There was a real sense of victimhood generated there uh, from from those in the no vote that they felt themselves for the first time to be in the minority in this country and they have not reacted well.
1: And we look at the census data later. They are not in the fucking minority. There's tons of them. They grow on fucking trees. It's ridiculous. We've seen a full-blown campaign to paint drag queens as pedophile groomers. This is so much inserted into discourse, and it's been going for ages now with groups like Gays Against Groomers, astroturfing social media and the discourse with this usual, what about the children bullshit? It's clearly just a vehicle for transphobia, turfy nonsense, and a massive group for the operators who are clearly being paid by shady fucking right-wing sources. Imagine selling people out for a few bucks and some clout, like especially your people. I mean, maybe you hate trans people and you're gay. Good on you. Disgusting. Just honestly disgusting. So people like Chaya Rachik, like the woman who's behind the account lives of TikTok, despicable human being, she's made a good career out of trans panic. She gets speaker's fees. You know, there is a job in this if you can make it work. So we've got these large counter-protests, these sort of drag queen story time events, and they've been effective at sending protesters. Strangely enough, mostly consisting of actual Nazis home mm. early. You know, Oi, oi, Constable, can you walk me to my car? Good result. But the fact that this is a fight at all is incredibly disappointing. I mean, this kind of idea that social media has this, like, normalized discourse about drag queens reading your stories Being somehow sexualized grooming. I mean, it's inherently disgusting. And it's very weird that people are going there in their brains because they're either disingenuous and bigoted or they're fucking stupid and perverted. I don't know. But it's where the right is going. And it's an absolute matter of time. If it hasn't quietly happened already outside of the media before very serious violence occurs on the back of this save the children virtue signaling bullshit. But in the wake of Dickwings and on the last weekend of Pride Month in Sydney, a group of Maronite Christians walked the streets of Newtown chanting a modified version of the Lord's Prayer and Hail Mary bullshit with a full police escort claiming to be protesting a joke on the project, which we'll of course cover in a moment because this is in more chronological order here. Now, look, Newtown has become not only a place of tolerance, but a place of encouragement for the gay and trans community to express themselves openly without fear of arbitrary bullshit of course this is a utopian aspiration there's still altercations there's still bad things that happen we're not perfect yet but this is not an unreasonable aspiration and it is a beautiful thing that this enclave in the inner west has embraced and worked toward in the last several years so these cunts have decided to put a dent in this enclave which they're not even remotely welcomed in for starters with this christo-fascist bullshit under the guise of being upset about a joke on telly. I can tell you right now, you can go and fuck yourselves. And I tell you what, nobody in Newtown even watches TV. <laughs> you absolute dipshits. Who cares?
0: What well, it was reported as a protest. It was clearly designed as an act of intimidation. Large group of large men, some concealing their identity with masks and most wearing hoods and hats, chanting as they walk past happily enjoying their evening and outdoor dining settings. And bars, huge. Yeah, it's for fucked the up. It's, it's really a lot not of okay. Said that to me. Yeah.
1: Police say the crowd was about thirty people, which isn't a lot in, like, say, the middle of Hyde Park, but it's a lot on a footpath next to venues that is a roving gang in Newtown. There was an assault that night, which may or may not have been linked to the group. There were also reports that people were spat on by the group. Just, but it's, it's what you expect, right? This is just disgusting oh, behaviour. Nice. And of course it was. They were there for violence, whether that be the simple act of intimidation, which is a form of violence, or provoking someone into taking a swing and then doing what nature intended, which is to pile on top of them because you've got 30 fucking guys. It's what they wanted. Let's face it. This is what they're after. The protest appears to be organized by a group called Christian Lives Matter, in this sort of sad attempt to create this kind of confectious religious victimhood we spoke about before, run by a guy named Charlie Bacos who can just go and fucking jump into a bin. I'd never heard of him before. He's definitely existed before now. His little Trib club has some pretty good numbers. And before the stunt in Newtown, he really didn't seem to go onto my radar, but he's certainly on the radar because that Facebook group has 26,000 members and I squ- I scroll down, and that, that 20,000 wow. number goes for Pretty a numbers. long time. It specifically mentions that it is a group of Lebanese Christians. It identifies that way. And this points toward that Maronite sect of Christianity, as mentioned before. And Maronites hail from all over the Middle East, but ours mostly tend to come from Lebanon.
0: Yes, they do. And Maronites seem to slip comfortably, many Maronites seem seem to slip comfortably into Catholicism. Um, There's another thing here at play, and Mm -hmm. I'm reluctant to talk about it. We talked about it during our Zoom uh, last week, but the fact of the matter is that um, after the well, during the Lebanese Civil War, to talk about refugees at the front of the program, uh, <clears throat> refugees came, Lebanese refugees came to Australia, many of them very, very good people. But the simple fact of the matter is that the rush to settle them, this was during the Fraser government days, so we're going back to the 1970s, um, the rush to settle them meant that there weren't sufficient checks on all of yeah. them being the right sort of people to come to Australia. And I'm not talking about cultural yeah. differences or anything like that. I'm talking Background about people checks, with significant yeah. criminal backgrounds. I'm, I'm talking about people who have, you know, yeah. And it, you, you might remember there was a fair amount of hand-wringing going on when there was a sort of counter-protest to um, uh, to, to some of the um, uh, Islamic yeah. um, uh, fear-mongering that was going on three or four years ago yeah. in Sydney. And yeah. there, were some, there were some rough and tumble boys among that group. No, that's fair. Uh, Look, I don't want to generalise. Very conservative. Maronites are conservative Christians. Concerningly so. Yeah. Let's perhaps leave it at that.
1: So you can see in their history, they backed the manly players who refused to wear the pride jersey. They got very pissed off. Generally speaking, they get very pissed off about anything that comes up in public that appears to be anti-Christian sentiment. As per usual, let's face it, they also sell merch. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, of course they do. Look, interestingly, they also rallied against vaccines and supported the pointless and meritless lawsuits launched against the New South Wales government to fight vaccine mandates. Generally speaking, they are not pilled though, just religious bigots. This Generally. Is convergence, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's like a Venn diagram, but at the same time, I mean, like, they definitely oppose these mandates. They definitely come toward that thing, but they're not doing Exposed 28. They're not walking into QAnon things. They're not talking about fucking white hats. So, And that's where the bar is right now. And look, I'm sure this is just scratching the surface of these guys. But I think as the freedom movement pivots towards Christian fascism, this guy and his mates are going to be one of the big players to mobilize this and make it real, which is... Very concerning. I hope they start to the fuck out of Newtown because they're not welcome. Get just just fuck off. I think Jenny Leong, the um the local Greens member, said something on the lines that they can fuck off, which I quite liked. Uh should be getting my vote uh in a few days. So look, hilariously enough Just to turn this in the little bit of a handbrake turn, Monica Smith, who is a Catholic fascist from way back, seems to have missed this pivot. After putting all her ducks in the cashless society is bad, let's prep for (laughs) doomsday basket, and obsessing over excess debts, which she just goes on about like every email I receive. She isn't a statistician. Less, but it hasn't stopped her from trying.
0: Look, while Monica recently went on O'Neill's to chat about whatever they chat about, Don't apparently care. they drew around, I think it was 30 people. 30 35 plus, to
1: 40, I heard, was the, yeah, the number okay. from our well, friends. we'll
0: give them 40. We won't mention you, but we love not you. not good. No, it's not. Yeah, she used to be the big girl on campus, and now when the movement has finally pivoted toward her actual belief, God-bothering and tradwife conserv- conservatism, she's stuck in the wilderness playing Russell Court in her van down by the river and telling people to hoard money under their beds or while taking donations online. Mm, Does she not see the
1: issue there? Does she not fucking see the issue there? So big thanks to friend of the podcast and patron Rod who posted an excellent screenshot of a post from Monica which said this.
0: Queensland police think religion is dangerous. I take offence to this as a proud religious person. If we had the money we'd sue for discrimination. A couple weeks. of things going on there. There's also the begging. The, the, this is the begging. This is the begging for donation. This is the, yeah, 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 We had the money. Oh, you never know we, know. we could sue for discrimination. Well, How are they being discriminated against precisely? You would have to find a definite and or definitive form of discrimination. But really the Queensland police, have, have, and we went through this in the program, initially after Wyambola went, oh, we don't think this is domestic terrorism, and then they said it was, based on Christian fundamentalism, based on an investigative process. Yeah. And that's I not just, discrimination. Yeah. yeah. It it doesn't make any sense. I mean, look. None, none whatsoever. And, yeah. look, it does and appear. And she is just begging, begging to go all in on the Wyambola Three. Well, that's it. It
1: seems like tacit support, right? And, like, what is the what is the law that you're going to be suing? Like, like, what's the law? You're starting a fucking legal firm and you're saying, let's just sue a state for discrimination because they made us upset. Not exactly good PR for your new business champion. <laughs> no, I
0: wouldn't have thought so. Yeah.
1: But what I will say is get yourself together because- while we do love the idea of you slipping into irrelevance like a glove and becoming a chapter in the history of the movement, yet another episode of tinfoil tales to never care about again, after the publication of the episode, which would be a beautiful reminiscing walk down memory lane of your sad, weird pivot to walk from travel journalist to this, just die with some dignity. I and mean, this is just loser. These are loser words and it's really pathetic, but, that was a digression. I just had to stick the boot into Monica because it's been too long. The Newtown March was supposedly in response to a joke that was said in the project by now rather famous Reuben Kaye, who I didn't fucking know of before this. And just as set aside, possibly one of the bravest people in the country right now. The death threats would be hectic. And the joke was...
0: I love Jesus. I love any man who can get nailed for three days straight and come back for more. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not a bad joke. It's I can understand bad. the irreverence of it. This is what we were talking about before. I mean, if you're not, if you, if you want to put limits on these things, this is these fucking freedom nutters want to fucking restrain the the ability to crack a joke like that.
1: I mean, like and there was a joke on Reddit that I saw which I really liked, which is that he wasn't that good. They've been still waiting. They've been waiting for two thousand years for him to come again.
0: Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. like, I mean, come go.
1: on, like it's it's like it's silly. It's not a big deal
0: of course the backlash has been from a loud minority of butthurt book burners who can't take a joke you know they, these people they they cite freedom but they don't they, they have no concept of it no you'll see a venn diagram overlooked with these people and the ones that have continually called out islam for responding to comedy with violence it's, exa- it's the other thing you know i mean why Total can't why can't we why can't we uh, uh, create an image of uh, 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 of Muhammad, of yeah. Of Muhammad, you know? Well, exactly. why, why can't we? What's wrong with you that? Why can't I take a joke? I, why can't I burn the Quran? You know? Yeah,
1: exactly. You just, it's just a joke. It's just funny, bro.
0: And then there's one little joke comes up and they go and they lose their fucking shit. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Look, uh, look, I absolutely don't condone any of that, you know, Islamic. Overreach as well. We Hepto are dealing stuff. with the funda- cool. basic concepts of fundamentalism, and it doesn't really matter which religion practices it. But when you have fundamentalists, they are fucking dangerous.
1: You always come back to the same place, and then, of course, capitulating like fucking bitches they are. The following night, hosts Walita Lee and Sarah Harris opened the show with an apology, claiming oh, they didn't see it coming idiots. and they regretted it. Oh, it wasn't scripted. We're not sure. Former project cast member M. Rusciano claimed the project is actually highly scripted and it's almost certain that it was planned. Ah, But the thing is, is that this is concerning because it shows that these kind of belligerent campaigns from loud small groups, they work. But when a bunch of whingy Christians mobilize, they get what they want. And that's bad because they're mobilizing. So in a very creepy protest outside Channel 10, and I, it was so fucking creepy, this little crowd gathered with crosses and signs emblazoned with these Bible quotes and those weird, like, paintings of Jesus with the heart and whatnot. Oh, he's what?
0: white. Is he white? I bet you he was white. No, oh, he gorgeous. was white as fuck.
1: Oh, yeah. Despite the fact they're all Middle Eastern, which is hilarious. But, like, it just it wasn't just humorless. It was creepy. Yeah. Like, there were no jokes. There were no jokes at all. And I find that the kids walking around with all these really shitty jokes at climate protests, I'm like, oh, come on, guys. It's not about you. But then I see this and I'm like, no, more jokes, please. I mean, like, there was a suspicious lack of Simpsons-themed signage and that, to me, says everything. It just demonstrates what <laughs> absolutely joyless husks yeah, these that's people that's are. The
0: thing they live joyless lives. Just now, awful. Highlight, of, highlight of the day highlights of the day include a controversial ex-New South Wales member of the Legislative Council, of the upper house, Fred Nile, who at eighty-eight years young decided to take the microphone, and proceed to collapse after his speech. Aww. He appeared to be wearing an unsettling amount of makeup. He looked like a toy. It's worth telling people who Fred Nile really is yeah. Fred Nile uh, is has been in been in politics been a member of the upper house of the New South Wales parliament since 1981 with Before just my a birth. little bit of a little bit of a break in, in 2014 I think and takes all away this was just basically 40 years and both sides uh, both major parties have used this guy to shore up their majorities and get their legislation through, and out yeah, okay. to him, and both Labor and Liberal, don't worry yeah, about
1: that. Okay, interesting.
0: Don't worry about that at all. I mean, yeah. look, he's not the he's not the worst. He's not really a fundamentalist in any way. I mean, look, he has been he has been sort of protesting at at uh, Mardi Gras for years and years and years. Oh, so yeah. you definitely put him in that in that. Thing. But he's, he's nowhere near as. Nowhere near as creepy as someone like Bozzy, for example, but there he is. He's been a parliamentarian now for 40 years or almost.
1: But the protest was not organised by Christian Lives Matter, according to Barkos himself, who posted this on social media. I'm taking his word for it, but was backed by them. And they are seeking to have the project cancelled, which canceled. is something can, I can partially get behind that. It's shit TV. I mean, I don't care. The thing is, I actually don't care. Like genuinely cancel. don't care.
0: Cancel this is a, this is the cancel culture that is practiced well, by the left.
1: Totally agree. But when it comes down to it, I just don't. I don't like the project. I don't watch oh, it. I never
0: watch it, and I don't no. care for it. Who and gives Wally a fuck? Daly's become very strange and weird in his. Op-eds. He's still
1: very good at the minefield. I tell you what, his TV persona is very different to his Iron persona. I'm just going to say that. Well,
0: his, his columns in the SMH of, of later becoming-
1: They have been weird. Been
0: very weird. But anyway.
1: Well, what I will tell you right now is I'll give you guys a lesson in freedom, which is if you don't like it, change the fucking channel.
0: Yeah. Crazy.
1: Crazy. I mean, oh, we've look. Got
0: those, we've got those remote controls now.
1: Are we going to be the freedom movement now? Is that are we going to are we going to pivot toward freedom and they're going to pivot away? Maybe that's what's
0: happening here. Well, this is the great irony about it all. Yeah,
1: <laughs> isn't it just? I mean, it's, it is. The irony is fucking dripping. So while Christianity's been declining over time, they still got numbers in the 2021 census. Forty three point nine percent of respondents said they were Christians. Over thirty eight point nine having no religion. <gasps> oh no, they outnumber us. Islam scraped in at three point two percent. Woof. And the Buddhists, oh, mate, going hard in the corner, you know, smoking durries uh, at the bar, 2.4%. But it's a gradual decline from what I can say is pretty fucking stonking, 86.2% in 1971 for Christianity with no religion, scoring a paltry 6.7% that year.
0: Yeah. But look, uh, census questions like this are, are often, and the results from them are often a little bit misleading. So uh, this is not this is not necessarily a question about religious affiliation. That is, so uh, this is not saying do it you go to church? Yeah. Do you go to church? It really is a question often for in, expressed in a Judeo-Christian society is so, that mm. do you believe in God?
1: Yeah. Or like do you come from a Catholic family so, as well? So
0: it can be interpreted that way. So, so 43% of people believe in God. Okay.
1: Yeah. How many people who identify as Jews because their mum's Jewish actually believe in Yahweh itself? I mean, like, you know. Come on, like it, it is like that. Totally agree. But look, this is being put in the episode to show that their persecuted minority narrative is total horseshit. They are not a silent minority, they're a silent majority. Tons of people out there are bashing the Bible on a daily basis. But the reason why these people are a silent minority is because most Christians aren't awful people. No. Your silent minority is because you're a cult of fucking assholes. They don't want to burn books. They don't want to bash the gays in the streets of Newtown. They are not offended by a joke on television. And if they are, surprise, surprise, they know how to turn the other cheek. Oh,
0: Yeah, that's a Christian. Isn't it? It's a basis of Christian belief, isn't it? Yeah,
1: God forbid that we actually take any notice of Jesus and what he said. That would be weird, wouldn't it? So the pivot toward the culture war has been going for ages. You all fucking know that. The Christian fascist elements of the movement have been all through it since the start. you got the peacemakers, yeah. cop ashes, Joel Jamal, Millie mm. Gates, mm. and, of course, poor old Monica, who oh, no one cares about anymore. Guru's a godmotherer. He thinks he talks to him. They're mates. They're besties. They hang out. So is Dave O'Neill. He talks shit about God. There is a huge crossover. The Venn diagram is basically a circle. But generally speaking, it's always been a bit frowned upon to bring up the big man upstairs. As Rod previously mentioned with the Monica, Monica Smith tweet, he said in our patron Zoom chat the other day, and it was quite striking, that people would chew off the Christians when it came to these kind of protests. Okay, you want to be homophobic? Sure, but don't bring God into it. That was the kind of level you had. It was more that sort of like, you know, Foster's car park boogie, that bogan bullshit. Now they're being warmly embraced. This freedom movement that overlaps with these Christian fascists, they're both taking advantage of each other. And in my opinion, they're all taking cues either from US political agitators, political public figures, or possibly also these sort of right-wing sign-up campaigns, this sort of QAnon bullshit, this kind of shit that makes them think that praying at rallies is endearing and cool and interesting and a lot of these hippies that used to just be hippies are now fucking Christians. Where did that come from? (coughs) They draw these humorless links to religion on these shitty signs that make no sense. They're not activists. They're whingers. And what they really do is they hide their intolerance behind a big old cross. That and, of course, the safety of children.
0: I think my preferred term, rather than Christian fascists, is Christian nationalists. And and, and these are people who actually believe... That the church and state should be one and the same.
1: Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: and and when when an entire system, whether it's the United States here or or, or indeed the UK or Europe, their entire democratic system is based on this separation of powers and a separation of church and state. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you end up with this sort of 16th, 17th century European historical experience of people being persecuted because of their religious beliefs. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and let's face it, if Bosie had his way, it's Christianity on the highway. Oh, yeah. He does not like Islam, and that's in the Tinfoil Tales episode. Holy fuck. So, look, we barely scraped the surface here, and we may revisit later because there's a lot going on here. This kind of religious nationalism tends to walk toward pretty scary places pretty quickly. And the idea that they can gather in groups on King Street in Newtown with a fucking police escort to intimidate people trying to have a nice night out during Pride Month, which is sacred in itself, makes me think they're going to show up in smaller numbers in quieter places and do some pretty unspeakable things. And I'm probably doing that now. Well, I mean, look, I hope it doesn't come to that. But it's really, really concerning, and all I can say to our queer community and just anyone who stands out in public, be safe. You yeah. know. Just be be really, really, really safe.
0: And you religious fucking nutters, you Christian fundamentalists, you own the trains. You own Wyambler.
1: That was you. That was you, motherfuckers. That was you.
0: We fired you, we sacked you, we dismissed you as what? That's garbage, because that's all you are. You're a criminal. You're a traitor. And you go going to the biggest barbecue in history. So from Christmas dinner to you are the dinner. Thank you. That's what I'll go with. And, the and do you know the pirate alphabet, Joel? Mm-hmm. It goes like this: A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q. And I say all of this more in sadness than anger because listener Rod, who gets another citation, probably mm-hmm. should be a producer of this program. Probably. Has drawn our attention to a SovSit-style warning, keep our trespassers; we'll be kicked to death, which is, you know, that's the sort of stuff that's been doing the rounds a bit. You can buy them on various SovSit websites for a remarkably large fee for a sign, <laughs> but this is different. Ooh. This sign seen outside a Sydney house, informs trespassers they will be fined 330 ounces of silver. Oof, steep. How many pieces of eight is that? Steep. That's, that's a lot of pieces of eight. Uh, look, Jesus was betrayed for just 30 pieces of silver. God only knows what's going on in that house, but by, my, but by my count, the homeowner has bailed up at least 11 Jesus. Oof! Is. They may have them stored behind one hell of a big rock.
1: I tell you what, don't let the Christian Lives Matter guys hear that they might get very upset with you. Now, yes, the sign also quotes part of the Nuremberg Code, a codicil mm. created in the wake of World War II we've heard about ad infinitum. <laughs> that it has never been ratified anywhere, including Australia, because you have all sorts of rules associated with medical testing that have long ago superseded it. We're above that. We don't need your bullshit. The sign also includes a biblical passage. So it's safe to assume there's no drag queen story time. Oh, no. Going on inside. Not don't in want that. Just pirates and 11 kidnapped Jesuses.
0: Look, the Bible passage is uh, from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, oh. which reads, Come on, Joel, this will be good for your decaying soul.
1: This is my part of Pascal's wager. Help me out here, brother. Quote, Put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the tactics of the devil. For our struggle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities, with the powers, with the world rulers of this present darkness, with the evil spirits in the heavens. God, the Bible
0: is a That's boring. That's So shit right there. Now, mm. Joel, I know you haven't read the Bible. You're a no, godless sinner heard. who will yes. one day be consigned to Hades' fiery depths. Bet. But Ephesians is a New Testament chapter essentially written in the words of St. Paul. That's St. Paul of Antioch to you. Oof,
1: I'm going to learn something here, aren't I?
0: Yeah, you are, because it was probably written a century or two after St. Paul died, because most of the Bible, the New Testament, was written a 100 years or more after Jesus had been had had left this earth,
1: you're ruining the mystery.
0: No, oh, yeah, and then there was a whole bunch of things that went on in the Council of Nicaea, two fifty A.D., where they actually sat down and compiled. Yeah, we'll, throw, we'll have that chapter in there. We won't have that one. We don't. That's how it all got put together. That's how yes. the Bible, the New Testament, at least, got put together. But let's not get churlish about this. No, it's because, bottom line, Saint Paul was the original evangelist, and without him, Jesus wouldn't have made it past the first century. AD, everybody going, who was that guy? I don't remember that guy. Yeah, Big?
1: yeah.
0: Tall, good-looking guy?
1: Yeah. don't know. I can't an- remember dominoes? him. Domino's? What?
0: Yeah, it wouldn't have been AD. <laughs> there wouldn't have been an AD indeed. So it, it is clear to less insane Christians that Paul was speaking metaphorically.
1: Oh, a bit complex.
0: He wasn't a fun guy. No? St. Paul, he wasn't a necessarily fun a fun guy. Indeed, there are bits of the New Testament. Again, it's been, it's been basically melded many, many centuries. Later, two hundred and fifty years, Council of Nicaea, etc., Council of Jerusalem, AD eighty. It was basically blended a bit. Where where Paul was said to be a kind of joyless character, they had to deal with this idea of sex, um, sex being wrong, Uh, and 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 that meant that if sex was a sin, then all the early Christians would not do it. Otherwise, they would be in sin. Aww. And that meant early Christians wouldn't last very long because they wouldn't have children. So then St yes. Paul had to come up with this idea of getting... Got to start rooting. you can only have sex inside marriage. Mm. Seems anyway, reasonable. It was a metaphor. So what we're talking about here, here is Ephesians talking about, you know, we're putting on the armour and, and slashing your way through at the, the devil. Um, and it was a metaphor. He wasn't speaking... He wasn't asking the early Christians to sharpen up their blades and go on a murdering spree, Charlie wow. Manson style. Wow. Because that would be unchristian.
1: Wouldn't it just? And yet here we are.
0: It is clear St. Paul does not have in mind physical violence, but rather a spiritual battle. So oh. the devil appears to be specifically seeking to destroy the good work of all believers. Thankfully, his power is no match for the power available available through God. Oh, God. Christians fundamentally believe, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. God if it came to a if it came to a stand up stink in the in the street, God's gonna win.
1: Oh gosh. However,
0: believers must pray and fully rely on God's resources to stand firm. And that's where we get to Ephesians. Against uh, his attack. Using okay. the armor of God fully is a question of faith. If you have faith, you will survive this spiritual onslaught.
1: Thank God for that. You see how it
0: works when you're not a dangerously deranged soft sit who swallowed the Bible whole without understanding a word of it?
1: Yeah, or read the sign they fucking post in their own house.
0: And speaking of not understanding a word of anything, that brings us to friend of the podcast soft sit. Luke Simpson, who oh. had his driving partner, Helen Delaney, in Coffs Harbour, um, uh, well, uh, arrested when a walloper yes. who'd, and, who'd had enough of their self-said so bullshit smashed Delaney's driver's side window and arrested her. Fair. Now, everyone who watched that footage pretty much understood what was going on, but Lukey Boy reckons it has nothing to do with driving unlicensed, unregistered, amid a feat of broken land, uh, uh, road laws. Yes. this is what he said. Good luck, Joel.
1: Yeah, I like the fact that you made me do the fucking quote. He speaks like an idiot. So just to give the guys an idea of um, how belligerent and how unlawful this is, um, a judicial system is, uh, uh, they continue to, uh, nah, in their eyes, with what Helen has done in terms of, uh, you know, like reconveying herself and actually detaching, you know, like cutting the umbilical calls from like uh, the system itself. So she's no longer... Um, she's now foreign to the Australian corporation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of you guys on here might not actually understand what that means, but uh, this operation on, on this continent is nothing but a co- corporate corporation. <laughs> so uh, I'll reconvey and Helen has now detached herself from straw men. Uh, she's copyrighted her names and and Helen is now known as Helen Mary, not as, Helen Mary Delaney in capital letters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's, uh, I guess, just a, a little bit of that. So, in terms of Helen being a reconveyed national and actually registered to an original, an original um, uh, a nation of Terra Australis, um, she signed, uh, she has a live birth certificate. Uh, the crime, the incident that happened yesterday, was what they had done was invoked in international law and anyone that was a participant in the abduction of Helen uh, was in violation of the Geneva Convention Article 31. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That was fucking
0: hard. So it wasn't so it wasn't an arrest at all. And people say self so, sense make no sense.
1: It's such a shame I missed Oscar season. It was just the other day, just the other day. <laughs> I'm a staunch patriot. I love our country. I love our freedoms. I love that in Australia you can be anything that you want to be. There is nothing and no one stopping you from achieving your hopes, your aspirations, and your dreams. It has been an absolutely uneventful week in Pete Evans with our favourite celebrity shit poster doing his usual meaningless waffle on his telegram, speaking to the void. No one cares. Tucker Carlson. So much fucking talk Carlson. Tons of Steve Bannon this week. He's really getting into him. Honestly, we started this segment because Pete was the canary in the coal mine who would influence the conspiracy of the week in the movement because he had that kind of reach. He had a million fucking followers, right? He's so out of touch now, it's not even funny. His relevance isn't even measurable anymore. Just like this really weird, angry guy <laughs> who says love and light instead of seeking therapy. <laughs> He's really focusing on the recent cut and paste job Tucker Carlson did on January 6th footage to basically claim the Q shaman is innocent and many other claims that are really dumb because he was given a tour by police. Now, there's about a million things wrong with this. But even on face value, why do you care, Pete? But then I remember, you're just a fucking sheep who legit only thinks what Tucker tells you to think. This is your life.
0: Yeah, so the footage did show, um, it did show uh, the, the, um, what's his name? (laughs)
1: Jacob Chansley. Yeah,
0: Jacob Chansley. Yeah, almost sort of, you know, the doors opening for him like Mm -hmm. he was a sort of guest. But this is from uh, uh, something like 40,000 hours of footage that was given to Carlson by House Speaker, also a Republican, Kevin McCarthy. Yes. And you think, is there something wrong about that? I mean, yeah. Pelosi could have released that stuff too. It must be said. Uh, could could have released that sort of stuff. But, yeah, she, he, he just said, hey, Tucker, have some of this.
1: Yeah, enjoy and this. so he was
0: able, able to selectively edit it, Yeah. You know? <laughs> and let's not forget that Tucker was on that day tweeting, can you please stop Donald Trump? He's turned into a complete fucking disgrace.
1: Those texts should not be ignored at all. No. So, look, vaccines are still bad. Thanks, yes, of Pete. course. Food is still good, but carbs are still bad. Mm. Anything related to social tolerance or progressivism is bad, Mm. mostly because Tucker Carlson tells him so. That's right. And the only Australian content he bothers with is about himself. Everything else is from the States. Or random countries, as he's trying to make a point in the back of misinterpreting whatever the fuck they're saying. Apparently the recent failure of the Silicon Valley Bank is Biden's fault despite it being Trump that rolled back the regulations that allowed the failure to happen in the first place. A disclosed TV link that means nothing because you don't actually look things up. You see, in 2018, a bank deregulation law, which, surprise, surprise, Democrats like Elizabeth Warren strongly opposed, Bernie Sanders strongly opposed, Biden is proposing to reinstate these said regulations, which will be, let's face it, opposed by, I don't know, All fucking Republicans. These are the reasons why Silicon Valley bank went bust. In other news, Bitcoin has rallied recently, which has got Pete's dick really hard. And it's quite disappointing news to anyone who thought that maybe his investment in Bitcoin was going to ruin him. I I still want it to go down to $1,000. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy so much. He didn't appear to bother posting about Dave O'Neegs using an old interview hey. with him to prop up the absolute lack of content on his absurdly expensive paywall website. Shame, you could have just given him a plug. He's your mate, he's your surfing mate. mate. You know, say look, go to go to get sometimes this exclusive please, content that you can find on Rumble. It's really good. I
0: really worry about I really worry about whether you understand the nature of friendship.
1: I don't think he does. But I tell you who does understand the nature of friendship. Yes. Senator Zippy! Zippy. He's in hard at work. Oh, Ralph. Should I say, hardly working. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's that's a funny old one. No, but seriously, he's hardly working. He was recently confronted with a revelation that he is indeed still working as a real estate agent on weekends with his brother, whose name is not Matt. Apparently, it's Bertrand, according to The Guardian, which I found kind of funny. Bertrand and Ralph. He claims he isn't being paid. And that's why it's not on his interest list, which is probably Mm -hmm. because he's at the top tax bracket and the money will be a little bit more helpful when he gets out of the parliament and is literally unemployed when your tax bracket returns to uh, zero because you will have no prospects whatsoever. But look, don't let a good tax evasion strategy get the way of a good moonlight. Babbitt has to make money while he can. Bless his heart. He claimed famously that entering Palm was a pay cut for him. He claimed this literally.
0: This is a sacrifice for me. I'm doing it to serve my country. Mauritius. No, sorry, Australia. (laughs) It's a pay cut. If you think 200 large for the amount of work I'll have to do and the amount of suffering... I'll a good deal. You're wrong. Where's his suffering coming from? Remember he's before? a fucking
1: idiot. That's the suffering comes from the fact that he's like, oh, I love hard work. Oh, but hard work is sadness. He's a fucking moron. So, yeah, the amount of work you do isn't much no. because your attendance record in the Senate is is at approximately 46%.
0: Lowest of all sitting Senate members. Mm. Although there has to be something said, you know, that, that more is not necessarily better because I think teeny weeny, Malcolm Robertson, I mean, he's there all the time. Mm. He's there when there are nowhere else there. Yeah, he's he got nowhere else there. to be. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's it. It's like, I have nowhere else to go to. I'm so bored. So the only time that you do anything remotely related to your actual role as a public servant is basically just attending these events with ruction to take photos of you laughing as a cowboy <laughs> and making bigoted speeches about trans people. I mean, look, hard worker, it's a stretch. Yeah, it is. Now, when absolutely not friend of the podcast, and I cannot emphasize this enough, Drew Pavlu called him out on Twitter. He said this.
0: I enjoy working, sitting around on the weekend doing nothing feels like a waste of time. So, I would rather work. However, if someone asks me to come and speak at their event, or there's some Senate related duty on the weekend, or something of that nature, then that will take priority, clearly.
1: I mean, look, imagine being a senator and not knowing what senators do on weekends. Some, some for their Senate related duty. How, like, how, how are you struggling for invites? That really does mean you're irrelevant.
0: Well, he represents the people of Victoria. You know, he should, should be going should be around Victoria around to, and doing events. Yeah, to to, to to going to big Victorian events. Big Fucking madness.
1: But the thing is, he's waiting for someone to tell him what to do. Like, I'm guessing no one invites him anywhere, no. so there's that. But like, this really shows what he brings to the job. He has no initiative. It's the absolute bare minimum to collect his salary and then talk on Twitter about what a hard worker he is. I mean- in response to the claim that he attains 46% of the time, this is great. He says that's voting and not attendance. And his excuse is that he can't make it to the chamber because when divisions happen, he's in an office too far away to make it when the <laughs> bells ring. That's literally his excuse. Dude, buy a scooter. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe hang out closer. Like. What are you doing in your office? That's so important. You literally do nothing.
0: The thing I really love about this is when, when the uh, when the clerk of the clerk of the Senate has got together, it's got down and done all the, uh, done all the office arrangement. They're gone, Babbitt. Yeah, we're going to put him out, you know, we're yeah. going to put him out in Queanbeyan.
1: This kind of did happen too because, like, he's whingy about the fact that, like, according to his quota, he should be closer. And, like, honestly, it just it's this, like, list of whingy excuses. Oh, last man in. I,
0: I think, you know, last man in, first Mate, man out, you know.
1: Get a segue, you know, figure it out. So in a moment that came close to self-awareness, close, close, Babbitt said he would likely return to real estate after his term in parliament. Mm. Not because he will be absolutely thrashed in the next Senate election, Clive funded or not, of course, but because he's not
0: a career politician. Nah, nah, he's just doing this for fun.
1: I mean, you're not even a politician at all. I mean, like you're not you're not doing anything. Like you are literally not doing anything. So yeah, too, the chamber is too far away. It's very astute that you are realising this now, but because he has let's face it a government entitlement to get it all done on the taxpayer dime he will be going to Florida on a holiday this year yeah
0: yeah well oh. that's that that is part of an MPs uh, shall we say uh, <clears throat> entitlements. additionals yeah entitlements uh, yeah. one one overseas trip every second year yeah. but often done in groups but he's going over to Florida can you imagine uh, DeSantis's DeSantis' office, getting going, hi, I'm Ralph Babbitt. I'm from Australia. I'm from the united States. party. They're going, get this fuck away from me.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Security, kill this man.
1: I think it's needless to say that this is going to be a busy year for DeSantis, um, just casually, where (laughs) DeSantis – see, Babbitt said he's going to Florida and he's hoping to meet DeSantis. This is on this beautiful assumption that DeSantis will be in Florida during a fucking primary. Um, But, yeah, I mean, cool. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, look, he'll just be waiting for you.
0: He's he's probably going to Disney World.
1: To be fair, I I, I discussed this on uh, Twitter with Rod again. Oh, my God, Rod, you may as well have a credit on this episode um, about the fact that he will have a conspiracy theory about Epcot Center. my God, the reptilians have
0: (laughs) recreated the Earth. (laughs) The electric car doesn't work on this.
1: This is all a conspiracy. And then he reckons he's going to meet Trump. And the reason why he's going to meet Trump, not because he's an idol or because he wants to ex- have, a, have a conversation with him or anything like that. It is because literally, quote, it would cause a leftist meltdown. Yeah, it's no, it wouldn't.
0: Like, yeah. No one cares. Probably not gonna do that.
1: No one cares. And you know what the funniest part is? Do Sanders and Trump hate each other. <laughs> At what point did you think these two thoughts were
0: compatible? You so fucking if he idiot. See, if he in the in the off chance that he does see DeSantis, Trump's gonna know about it and blackball him. Exactly. <laughs> or if he gets He's gonna the, tweet about it. Or if he gets the flick, Trump's probably gonna go, Why am I saying this? Who's this guy? Who the exactly. fuck is this? Who's the fuck of this effect? Does he play golf?
1: Either way. It's embarrassing to think this is ever going to play out, unless Babbitt plans to give his salary to Trump and then maybe he'll get two holes. Ooh, 200,000's not
0: enough to keep him out.
1: Be Yeah, out. yeah, you're probably right. Look, otherwise, he's out there talking nonsense about 15-minute cities on Parliament time, how boring, which is, of course, just another idiot terrified of having local resources in regions because blah, blah, lockdowns, blah, blah, blah. He's blabbing on about coal, like it means anything, and this... <laughs> This was worth mentioning. This is my favourite tweet of his recently. It said this.
0: We must outlaw communism in Australia. Hashtag communism. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he put that in a hashtag? Hashtag Menzies. It. Hashtag Babbitt.
1: Yeah, he, he, he hashtagged himself. But I mean, like, he when hashtags
0: himself on his own fucking Twitter account. You he's fucking fuck- moron. Anyway. It's
1: so fucking embarrassing. I mean, like, where do you start with that? Really? He is actually referring, and I had to Google this, to be honest, because, yeah, it's before my time. He's referring to a failed referendum in 1951 to ban the Australian Communist Party and prevent so-called communists having roles in public office. There's a lot more to it, but you can look it up on your own. Do your own research. This seems a little bit antithetical to Babbitt's platform of, um, what's that thing? What's that thing they talk about a lot? Um, there's a word. I'm um, What I'm looking for. What is it? Um, oh, yeah. Is it? I know uh, the one. Uh, freedom. Freedom Freedom. Yeah. Let's let's outlaw freedom, freedom. in a referendum.
0: We want to have a lot of freedom, but I want those people put in camps.
1: Exactly. Thank you. Fucking hell. He's
0: he really is a fucking idiot. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release program with your host Jack the Insider and Joel Hill.
1: Jack and found on Twitter and at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with AK. We set up a Facebook page, you can find it fairly easily. Just look up the condition release program, shit posting, it exists. It's great. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it on social media. Yes, please. We, we it, it helps. It helps.
0: It does indeed. We have a Patreon to help keep this sustainable. We mentioned at the front of the show, it's bloody time consuming, and we still have to pay the rent. Help keep the lights on.
1: Do it for as little as five dollars a month. You'll have access to all sorts of bonus content, including a weekly premium episode. We try to make it worth your while.
0: And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the Conditional Release Program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's to tell us we've invaded your space and we owe you 330 ounces of silver. Hey, we're all out of silver. Do you take aluminium? Joel's got a stack of empties at his house visible from the lunar surface. (laughs) I
1: actually collect them in a bag for the bin fairies that walk you past. You do not. And she's so happy when I give them to her.
0: Uh, like these bags. Bless I know, their you hearts. Have bin fairies. Ten cents Thanks, apiece. listeners.
1: See ya. Thanks, guys. See ya. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people. Fuck me! You guys are bastards.